Hi, and welcome to the Fertility Warriors podcast. I'm Robin Birkin, and I am so grateful and honoured that you're here today. From my own journey with infertility and loss to becoming a mind-body practitioner and holistic fertility coach, it is my sincere hope that I can help make your journey to conceive lighter, more supported, and easier by sharing deep emotional well-being guidance, doable conception tips, and real talk about what infertility and loss looks like. I'm here with you every step of the way. Now let's begin. We are talking about when life turns to shit. Like what do you do when life turns to shit? And when you are feeling like you're at rock bottom, you don't have any energy to continue, you don't know what to do next. And we're going to talk about five things you can do slash reframes that you might be able to have for when it feels like you're in that moment where it's one thing going wrong after the next. And I know that, you know, I personally work with so many fertility warriors who feel like they're at this point and this is what we help people through. So this is what we're going to talk about. Let's dive in. Sometimes it can feel like when we are trying to conceive and when we're on an infertility journey or just a long journey to conceive, it's like one setback or one hurdle after the next. And sometimes that can be all things that are going on for us in our fertility journey. And sometimes that can be dealing with this on top of all of these other things that feel like they're going wrong in your life. And we can get to a point where it feels like we're looking at the universe and wondering how much more of this can I take or what's coming next and really questioning whether we have the emotional capacity to cope with anything further whilst we are sitting in this particular moment in our lives. So the first thing that I would say is if you are feeling like this, how can we normalize getting help? And when I say normalize getting help, I don't just mean doing something like the reset program or going to see a therapist. I mean, in all areas of your life, do you have friends, family, loved ones who can help you with laundry? Can you look at, do you know what, there's so much going on in my mental load. Is it going to be beneficial for me to get a lawnmower person? Is it beneficial for me to get someone to help me with the cleaning in the house? And sometimes these things, I recognize that there's a huge amount of privilege that goes on with them, but also looking at, you know, what would the true cost of that be? Would that be one less dinner out per week or per month? Like what would be the true cost of that? And then whether that is worth your, you know, letting that go from your mental load so that you have the ability to start just focusing on other things when your energy feels depleted. Or does that look like when you're at work, just asking for help more regularly or letting people know that I'm going through some really big things at the moment. Can you help me with this? Or not even, maybe that even looks like not putting your hand up as much to do things. But how can we normalize getting help? from in on all angles right in your life and this has been one of the biggest game changers for me in my life is that I'm always looking at how can I make this easier how can I get help how, is there a way that I can do this 
and stepping out of any of the stories or beliefs I have that I have to do everything myself or that I have to do, you know, this is what my life has to look like because so much of that is just what we've grown up believing to be true. Sometimes we've grown up thinking that certain things are extravagant or that we have to always put in overtime at work. And the reality is that that's not always the case and that when we feel like we have to do everything on our own, when we feel like we're going through big life events and big things that are happening in our lives and we have to do it all on our own, that we burn out and then we find ourselves in these rock bottom moments where, you know, we felt like maybe you felt like it's weak to get help for feeling crappy emotionally, you know, whatever it is. And we get to this point and we're like, actually, I'm at rock bottom. I've got zero fuel in my physical and emotional energy tank and I don't know where to go from here. And so step one is, you know, starting to build up, normalizing getting help and from all areas of our lives. And number two follows on from that. And that is that sometimes the rest is the work. How often do you sit in the middle of the day to just watch Netflix, to have an afternoon nap without any guilt or judgment or feelings of I should be doing the laundry right now or I should be doing this. How often do you allow yourself to have the view that the most productive thing you could be doing right now is nothing? It is the biggest mental shift for us, especially when we're used to growing up as or identify ourselves as, you know, the hardworking type to shift our perception to rest as being a productive activity. And sometimes rest is the thing that needs to be at the very top of the to-do list. And we can really get into the mindset that, oh, I'll rest when I've finished everything on my to-do list. I'll rest when I've done all of this. I don't have time to rest because I've got all of these things that I need to do. But the true answer to life is that there is never zero things on the to-do list. There are always things on the to-do list. There's always more that you could be doing. There's always things that need to be done around the house. There's always things that could be done for, I guess, like, self-care in terms of grooming and stuff like that there's always things that need to be done so how can we make rest almost like an equal priority to work physical health all of these things because when we're not rested and when we're burnt out this is how we get to the point of not having the adaptive energy to cope when things go to shit we start to build capacity physical and emotional sometimes through rest So we can be so much more productive in all areas of our lives when we're rested. So how can we prioritize that as being something that we add to the to-do list and put at the top of the to-do list? When everything feels like it's going to shit, sometimes the rest is the work. 
Hi, and thank you so much for listening today. This is Robin, and today's episode is brought to you by a new masterclass that I have launched. And I feel like it's going to be a game changer for anyone who would like more tools to navigate infertility, loss, and trying to conceive emotionally. I feel like it's also a lot of stuff that nobody's really talking about. The masterclass is called Three TTC Myths That Are Keeping You Anxious and Stressed. We're going to talk all about how to cope emotionally through infertility and loss and what to do instead so that you can finally step out of that muddy fog of infertility, of endless cycles of hope and grief so that you can reclaim your journey and your life. You can rediscover yourself and feel like the old you again in an easier, quicker and make your life more awesomer way. So to join me on this masterclass, head to robinburkin.com slash masterclass. It's free to attend. It'll take you about an hour. And like I said, I feel like it's some strategies that are not only easier than what most people are telling you when they give you a flick of the wrist and say, try a guided meditation, or when they give you things like just relax or just take a holiday, we're going to talk about the things that actually matter, the myths that are keeping you stressed and anxious, and the easier strategies that really do help people cope emotionally with trying to conceive loss and infertility. To learn more, go to robinburkin.com slash masterclass. Okay, let's get back into the episode. Number three is understand that grief comes in waves. So when everything feels like it's just turning to mud and nothing is working, sometimes grief is a really dominant emotion. And absolutely that can be the grief of losing a loved one, but it can also be the grief of the way that you thought your life would turn out, the grief of a cycle that didn't take There's so many different layers and forms that grief can come in when we are on a long journey of trying to conceive. And what I want to say is that sometimes grief comes in waves and at the start of whatever it is that we're grieving, it can sometimes feel like those waves are relentless and really strong. But the thing to always understand is that it does come in waves. Those waves eventually get smaller and they space themselves out just a little bit. So number one is understanding that it will feel easier sometimes in the moment. Maybe sometimes you're in the middle of a panic attack or an anxiety attack or you are having this moment of really big feelings and emotions And it can feel like, oh my God, I'm at the rock bottom moment. I'm stuck right down here and it's never going to end. But sometimes we're in the midst of a big wave of grief, right? Big wave of big emotions. And when we look at the research, there's some research out there that suggests that the waves only last for about 90 seconds. It might be, you know, followed after a 90 second rest by another 90 seconds of grief, but it can, it happens in this almost like cyclical pattern, right? Or these waves. And so just knowing that when we're having these big feelings, these big emotions, when we're feeling like this flood of thoughts and fears, et cetera, coming through, it can be really helpful to know that if I can just last this for like another 90 seconds, or if I can just ride this wave out, 
I will be able to take a breath soon. And then the second part to understanding that grief comes in waves is that sometimes, and I'm sure so many of you have experienced this before, that you can all of a sudden feel like, oh, wow, I'm doing really well. Like this is, okay, I can do this. This is past, okay? And you can feel like, oh, I'm great now. But then all of a sudden we have a trigger of something else. Maybe it's an anniversary. Maybe it's something that we see. Maybe we feel ambushed by someone who's declared that they are pregnant. And then all of a sudden another wave hits us and it feels like, oh, fuck, I'm at rock bottom again. I'm back at square one. And the truth is that you're not. If you feel like the waves are just pounding you again and again and again and again, and it's not easing up, go back to step one. Let's start looking at how we can get help, how we can normalize that and make that, you know, really powerful for us. But if the waves are spacing out, if you feel like generally you're doing okay, and then a wave comes and um, gets you where you least expect it, understanding that that doesn't necessarily mean that you're back at square one right? It just might mean that the waves have spaced out a little uh, and that you are actually doing okay. You are actually making progress, but understanding that sometimes, you know, they catch you off guard and sometimes we can experience waves of grief that are, you know, more spaced out than what we, what we thought when we were in the throes of deep mourning, deep grief, deep, you know, reframing our entire lives, but that it does, sometimes they do come back. Number four, which can be really hard to do, is praising your body. We can feel like our bodies have failed us. If we are in the midst of a panic attack or an anxiety attack, some of the, sometimes the first emotion that we have is this deep shame or judgment for why is this happening to me? Why am I not coping the way that I'm coping? Why am I having an anxiety attack? Like, you know, and particularly with anxiety attacks, sometimes we don't even know why we're having them and because it might seemingly feel like there wasn't a trigger for it. And that shame, that guilt, that judgment for the way that we're feeling when we feel like we're at rock bottom, all that does is make it worse. And here's the analogy that I want to give you. If you broke an arm, if you fell over and you broke an arm, you would never say, here, let me make that a little bit worse for you. Let me like twist your arm a little bit and, you know, dig that right in, like fully cement that break. We wouldn't do that, right? If you had gastro and you were just feeling like you were at rock bottom, it's not the set, like, the shame and the guilt doesn't hit the same. We don't have that, those feelings and we don't pile all of these uh, emotions on ourselves and why are you doing this? Why are you feeling like this? Your body's against you. The reality is that our bodies and our brains are always doing what it believes is in our best interest. It's always trying to protect us and sometimes that results in feelings, thoughts, experiences, bodily sensations and responses that we kind of wish that we didn't have, but the reality is that our body is try always trying to protect us and do the best thing by us. So praising our body and saying like, thank you for trying to do the best for me. Thank you for looking out for me. 
And if we can get more into that mindset of understanding that our brains and our bodies, they're wanting to do the absolute best for us and treating them more like a loving friend rather than a foe, then we're not making it worse, right? We're honoring and loving ourselves, giving ourselves grace for what is likely to be really big things that are going on for us in our lives. So grace always. Now, the very last thing that I wanted to say is when it feels like everything is going against us, maybe it feels like you've been crying all day in bed. Maybe it feels like you've been at work and you've been trying to keep it together all day and all you want to do is break apart but maybe now you're feeling, maybe you're feeling numbed out. Maybe you feel like you need a safe space or just something needs to change because here you are in the throes of this. When we're having these big emotions, when everything is getting too much for us, fresh air and or water. And this can be a philosophy that you extend to many parts of your life when things just aren't working, when you have friction with your partner, whatever happens, fresh air, and or water okay so what that might look like is I'm just going to go for a walk I'm going to get a change of scenery maybe maybe you're going to go for a hike and have a, a day of just hiking maybe that looks like going to take a shower maybe that looks like going to the beach or going to a lake or a water source maybe that looks like going to the bathroom and just splashing your face but these two things can really help us feel better. Maybe that looks like going outside and lying on the grass. Maybe that looks like going outside if maybe it's snowing and just feeling the sensation of what the snow feels like on your body to just bring us back into the present moment. And I definitely know that for me, fresh air and water is a philosophy that I take with me all the time in many aspects of my life. When things feel like they're not going right, all right, it's time to take a step back. It's time to get fresh air or get some water. And, you know, sometimes I've had times in my life where I've had a shower like two or three times a day to just help myself feel a bit better. If you are feeling like you are at rock bottom in your life, know that I'm sending you so much love. And I hope that there's lots of episodes in this series that will help you as well. But thank you so much for tuning in. And I am sending you so much love. Bye. Before you go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the Fertility Warriors. And if you'd like to keep the conversation going, you can come and find me at Robin Birkin on Instagram. I share content almost every day. I answer lots of your questions and I love hearing from you at Robin Birkin on my Instagram channel. That's all for me today. And I'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye.